Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Rodana Osban, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Megillah, daf Lamed, page 30. Well, we're really in the final stretch. We hope you have signed up for our CM, which will actually be a few days after we start the next Masachet of Mori Katan. But we just have three tapim left to this Masachet. Um, it's a little bit difficult to actually read uh, really this whole first Amud. Um, and Ann and I both commented that if we were teaching this, this would be one of these tapim where you really had a chart in front of you, basically. Um, but essentially what the Gemara is speaking about here is, is sort of trying to figure out what Shabbases do you actually say these four Parshia. Shkalim in particular has a special issue, which is the Parsha in which it's found. Uh, when we read Parsha Shkalim, it often can fall when the Parsha that it is found on Kitetse actually could be read of the Torah reading. So that's one particular issue. But then it gets into all these issues. You know, are you reading it before Rosh Chodesh Adar, even though it's still Tebe? Are you reading Zachar before Purim or after Purim? Uh, when are you reading Para and when are you reading Chodesh? Um, and so essentially it goes through a variety of different scenarios and sort of charting out based on whether it falls in the middle of the week on Arab Shabbat, if Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbat, you know, all of these different permutations, uh, sort of when these Shabbatot fall out, when do we sort of resume going back to uh, the regular, uh, you know, readings or the regular half Torahs, there's even a machlokas about that. So I, I, I would encourage people, if you can, or if you find this piece to be a little bit confusing, a chart may be, uh, the, you know, maybe a way that, a way to go. And I think it's interesting, you know, just to see sort of whenever the Gemara sort of encounters these types of things and there's sort of a limitation of the written word before printed press, right? Before you could really sort of write out a chart for a book or something like that, you know, that's when you sort of get that you're sort of verbally giving over or you're writing out, you know, sort of, something that actually would be much better to present visually than I think it does in words. And that's why I think, you know, this, uh, this uh, particular DAF, it takes a little bit of time to sort of, I at least had to sort of review it two or three times. So I sort of understood all the different permutations that was being presented. The only other thing I would add here is that in addition to that chart, what you really want is, I don't know if you want a chumish next to you or you want a sitter that, a sidor that gives you this, the different parts of it, right? So that you can really visualize it. I feel like it's so much easier if you could just color code it, you know, or or line it up in a way that when the Gemara is only dealing with words, and we love words, but it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. Um, I want to jump to bet where there's more of the same discussion, really, but it's talking about when do we interrupt the regular Parsha order for the sake of having whatever the extra the extra thing is. So it goes to the point from the Mishnah where it said, meaning on the fifth Shabbat, we go back to the regular Parshiot, and then the Gemara here is going to explain all this. Meaning the order of what? What are we talking about? And this, I think, is uh, their machloket here is exactly uh, speaks to the question of like, are these extra are these extra Torah readings are they taking the place of the Torah reading or are they not and so what happens is that Rabbi Ami says we go back to reading the regular order of the regular Torah portion as opposed to 
I don't know, perhaps it was in the triennial cycle or something like that. There was the, Rabbi Ami clearly held that on the weeks when you had one of these special shkalim, para, etc., that you would not read the regular Torah portion at all. Right. So then when he says you go back to the regular cycle, he means you go back to the regular parsha of the week. Rabbi Yermia assumes that the regular parsha cycle is happening anyway, which is what we do, practically speaking. And then what isn't the usual is the haftorah. And this is also what we do nowadays, right, where there's a special haftorah to go with the maftir of shkalem, of para, of zachar, etc., um, so it seems that Abaye would line up with Rabbi Ami that there would be a spe- only a special Torah reading because of the position where he says on all the regular days, no, I'm sorry, on the special days, we interrupt the regular reading, meaning and that's going to apply to Rosh Chodesh, and it's going to apply to Hanukkah. It's going to be so. It sounds like we're mafsik, we're we're interrupting, we're stopping the regular reading. That suggests that it has to be completely replaced. And then Abai is going to explain this. That lines up with Rabbi Ami very nicely. He says Abai's proof here is to say. Well, we don't read Haftarot during the week anyway. So, so to say that we're doing the thing during the week that we would normally do during the week if we didn't have this special thing, it only makes sense for Hanukkah, for Rosh Chodesh, etc., if we're replacing the whole thing. Because even the days of Hanukkah and Rosh Chodesh, if they fall out, it's not Shabbat. There's no special Haftorah. So to say that we're talking about a Haftorah doesn't quite make sense. Ve'idach, what about Rabbi Yirmiya's position? Ha'kiti'ita, ha'kiti'ita. Rabbi Yirmiya could say, well, this case is like this, and this case is like this. Meaning, if you have a Haftorah, then it's talking about the Haftorah on a day when you would have Haftorah, Shabbat, whatever. And then if it's a weekday where there is no Haftorah, then we're talking about the Torah readings, which on the one hand is, is you know, it works. It's a little bit glib, I think, for my taste, to be able to say sometimes it means Haftorah and sometimes it means the Torah reading. And then the Gemara goes on, because we have another kind of day that also has a different reading. The Gemara says, well, why would I have any interruption of the regular Torah readings on a fast day? Meaning on a fast day, there is a Torah reading. And is that going to be, like, let's say a fast day falls out on a Monday or a Thursday, for that matter, right? So then what happens? How is it going to line up? Do you, do you stop the regular Torah reading of that day, or do you not? So the Gemara says, Likre mitzafra be'inyana diyoma, uvamincha bita'anita. So the Gemara says, well, in the morning we should read the regular Torah portion, meaning of that week, the first Aliyah that is read every Monday and Wednesday morning. And then in the afternoon, because we're talking about a fast day where there is a Torah reading in the afternoon, let the afternoon be the Torah reading that is read on a fast day. And this also is exactly what we do, meaning practically speaking. So this lines up, again, supports Rav, Rav Huna's position, where Rav Huna said that in the morning of the communal fast, people would gather, they would gather in shul, and they would have muster uh, shmuel, meaning they would be told, you're doing the bad bad things that are leading us to have a need for fast. Presumably here talking about the fast for, for rain, of course. Um, and then the position here is that, according to Rav Huna, there was no time for a Torah reading in the morning, unless, I guess, unless it was a regular day where you'd have a Torah reading, but you're not having the fast day Torah reading in the morning because you've got a whole lineup of other things going on with special speakers and, and rebuke. So 
that makes sense then to say that the Torah reading for the fast day would be pushed into the afternoon. And the Gemara goes back to talk about the whole thing of a communal fast day, but we're going to stop here. I just wanted to note that I think that for all that we, in general, I think I do like a chart to map out how all this pans out. The question of whether there's a, whether the, whether the special parsha takes the place of the regular Torah reading, or it is there as a Haftorah, I think speaks to a larger question about the nature of the Torah reading, meaning how fixed is it? How, how critical is it that it stay in its, you know, official normal form, whatever that might be, as compared to something that can be kind of maneuvered or a little bit more malleable. And I feel like I have a bias because of what I know of the way we do things nowadays, nowadays where I feel like a Haftorah is more malleable and it is more maneuverable, but the Torah reading is the Torah reading, right? And we don't mess with that, not too much anyway. And I'm, you know, clearly back in the day here on the DAF, um, that is not correct. Meaning some people felt that the Torah reading did not have to be quite as firmly as established as I personally now relate to it. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, look, I think, again, it's one of these things where you sort of see them sort of trying to figure it all out. And I guess I always have the question, did different communities do things differently? I mean, they don't record any of that. But it is interesting how there is like sort of discussion around it. You would think this sort of was always pretty set, but I think probably there was a little bit of variation. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true, right? Because uh, let's put it this way, Rabbi Ami in his place and Rabbi Yirmiya in his place, they clearly must have been doing different things, right? Exactly. I don't... Right, like they were not, there's no conversation about one deferring to the other. They're not really necessarily, you know, in the same Dalit Amot as each other, even though the proximity is obviously there in the on the daf. Right, so I, I think that's sort of what we're seeing that's interesting. And then it's sort of the Gemara saying like, well, who should we really follow, you know, knowing there were two different practices. Um, I'm going to just finish up this episode with uh, going to our last mission of the Masachat, I believe. Um, and it reads as follows. The mission is basically going to continue by telling what are the special Torah, potion, Torah portions that are read on holidays. So on Pesach, they read the Parsha of, uh, called Moadot Shel Torah Kohanim. Now, one thing that I think that's interesting here is, is that they don't say the Pasuk. Like, they don't say like, oh, it's Vayikra chapter 22, verse 26 through chapter 23, verse 44. They just sort of name it. And the assumption is, you know, obviously what that is. So I think that's one thing that's interesting. But Sarah, right, on Shavuot, Shiva Shavuot. So this is Devarim, chapter 16, verses 9 through 12. On Rosh Hashanah, they read uh, the seventh month on the first of the month, which is Vayikra, chapter 23, verses 23 through 25. Biyoma Kippurim Achremot and Yom Kippur, they read Achremot, which is chapter 16 of Ayikra. Biyom Tovarishon Shalchat Moadot Shabitorah Koanim. On the first day of Chag, right, of, uh, of Sukkot, they're going to read the same portion that was read on Pesach. Ubishar Koyimotachag, the Korbanot Hachag. And the rest of the days, they read the Korbanot of the Chag, which is in Bamidbar chapter 29, verses 12 through 39. For Hanukkah, they read chapter 7 of Bab Midbar, which talks about the dedication of the Mishkan in the Midbar. Purim, they read the piece about Amalek, which is Exodus, uh, Shemot, chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. 
on Rosh Chodesh, they read uh, which is in Bamidbar chapter 28, verses 11 through 15. Ubamamadot, right, the Mamadot, which we talked a lot about in Masachatanit, right, which was the the town, the the particular Yisraelim, that village or town that, that was sort of connected to the avoda that was going on in the Beit Hamikdash that week, right? They would read Maseb Rishit, the Taniot on fast days. Um, sorry, so the Mamadot Sefer Rishit is basically chapter one uh, of Rishit through chapter two, verse three. Which is chapter 26 of Ayikra. They don't pause when they read the curses. They're not, you know, by having them read by two different people, rather, one person reads them, they usually read them in a quiet tone. And then in terms of the regular reading, it says, So Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbat Mincha, we read it in its order. And they don't count as part of the reading of the Torah portion. In other words, what you're just going to read that first Aliyah on Monday, Thursday, and Shabbat afternoon. It's a little interesting because it's really Shabbat afternoon. Um, and um, what's interesting here is that, uh, you know, you're not going to, it doesn't count towards the reading um, of the, you know, of the Torah portion that you're going to say on Shabbat. And then it finally concludes by saying, Shanemar, right? Zaber Moshe, Moshe, Hashem, El Right here, we're talking about what's Chagim and the holidays that they read part of the Torah that's related to that part of the day. And how do we know this? Because of this Pasuk here from Vayikra chapter 23, verse 44, right? And Moshe declared to the children of Israel the appointed seasons of the of Hashem. So what we learn from this is that it's a mitzvah, right? To actually read the portion related to them in, in its time. Um so, you know, this sort of wraps up all the Mishnayot and, you know, concludes sort of the study about how do we read the Torah itself. I think it's interesting that they call this one of the actual mitzvot, right, as opposed to, uh, you know, because I, I don't know, you know, we know that this reading, um, certainly of the Monday, Thursday, and Shabbat afternoon, that didn't happen, you know, we say maybe some of it happened with Moshe, but these, these were customs that definitely evolved. Um, and so the question is, were they always reading the Torah portion of the day, uh, you know, from the time the Torah was given? I'm not totally convinced of that. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's interesting that they connect that, though, to at least to Pasuk, that it is a mitzvah to be reading it. I just want to make a like a, I don't know, a sidebar comment here, which is to note that the text of the Torah was never in dispute here. Right. Meaning through all the generations, right? They say there's a couple of letters, somewhere like six or nine letters that are disputed. And they're basically all the kind of thing like, is it a vav or is it without a vav? Is it with a yud? Is it without a yud? Like basic, um, what we call male chaser, right? The vowel, the word, the letters that are akin to vowels, whether the letter has to be there for the vowel to be pronounced. And other bibl other sacred texts of other religions really have much more discrepancy over what the text itself is supposed to be. And I feel like if that had been the case, right, if there were a lot of dispute over the text of the Torah, this entire daf would be impossible, right? But instead, it makes perfect sense to us. As long as you've got your text in front of you, you can follow along, and then you follow along perfectly and, and can say, this reading goes for this day, and that reading goes for the other day. And I 
Yeah. So I think there's two interesting things on this staff. One is I, again, I'm going to go back to the way that they do not uh, sort of tell us about, you know, these sections using the way we do like chapters and verses, they just call it by a name. And the assumption is, you know what it is. And I agree with you, the fact that none of this is disputed, right? It's not, there's no dis- question in the Gemara that follows. Was this the right thing to read? It should Maybe you should have read this. It's just, this is like no Nisora. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think that's a really interesting piece also. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenit Michelle Parber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP in our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go at- Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rebani Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Please join us in our Seum on January 16th, where we'll be finishing Masach Megillah together. Let us know if you would like to speak. We have a great speaker, Dr. Shai Sekunda, who will be joining us. And until tomorrow, go and learn.